Let's pray, and then uh, I'll read that part of the Bible. Our Lord Jesus, we do want to thank you that more than anybody else in the world, you wanted your disciples and the world to understand that death is not the end. And so you proved it by rising and you want us to understand what that means. Please would you teach us through your Holy Spirit as we study the Bible and learn from you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 16 verse 19. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's stable. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. <coughs> the rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. <coughs> and besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not do so and none may cross from there to us and he said then I beg you father to send him to my father's house for I have five brothers so that he may warn them lest they also come to this place of torment but Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. I'm just going to uh, stop there and uh, the children are going to go to their groups. We have a creche and we'll all come back in a moment uh, after we've uh, gone to our different places. Just hold fire for one minute. Friends, they've all gone. Let's uh, see if we can make the most of the silence. But uh, here we are. What would you say is uh, the key to life? The one thing you need to know to live well. Well, you take that microphone and ask everybody else outside there, and they'll tell you straight away the key is to go for success. Aim big. There's a granny in a park, and someone asks her, how old are your two grandchildren? And uh, she says, the doctor is four, 
and the lawyer is too. <laughs> uh, aim for success, start young. That's the key. And you look at what success looks like and you look at, it's there in the front line. Uh, Luke chapter 60 verse 19, there's a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen who feasted sumptuously every day. He's found the key. Except in the last verse, he says, go and tell my brothers, this isn't the key. What is the key? Easter is the key that tells us how to live life well. And that key teaches us two things about death and it teaches us about life. First, let's learn about death and that is that death is not the end. Jesus went out of his way to tell people again and again and again about life in his kingdom. That this life is not it. And he proved it by bringing other people from the tomb and he himself one day walked out of the tomb. And while everyone else is saying the death is the end, Jesus again and again and again teaches that uh, death is not the end. Now I wonder if you could take the little uh, boy to Debbie and uh, Debbie will keep him there. If she just shuts the door, he'll probably stay inside. So, everyone has a theory about uh, what happens when we die. And let me tell you, everyone is out of their league because there's only one voice that has authority on this subject. And saying that this life is it is like a little tadpole saying there is nothing beyond my pond. But one day the tadpole becomes a frog and realizes there is a huge world it could never dream of. And that is exactly what people are like if they think that this life is it. Professor Stephen Hawkins a great uh, brain, a massive head. And we find out that uh, Professor Stephen Hawkins uh, said that there was nothing outside this life. And Professor Stephen Hawkins is a tadpole. And if you don't listen to tadpoles, and if you don't press the button, you won't see the tadpoles. <laughs> If we don't listen to tadpoles, we listen to one-eyed people. What do I mean one-eyed people? People who think there is only one destination. Everyone is wonderful. Everyone is going to hell apart from Adolf Hitler. But everybody else is okay. And the one-eyed man preaching at the Krem at every funeral service you probably would go to will tell you that uh, death is nothing. It's just a, a step into another room. There's nothing to be frightened of. All will be well. And uh, there are uh, one-eyed uh, teachers like that uh, everywhere. Jesus, however, had two eyes. And he spoke of two destinies. A place of great security and a place of great grief. And with tears in both eyes, he went to the cross 
to save people from great grief into great security. And uh, we need to trust him and see with both our eyes that we need to be safe <coughs> and saved. Just two places. And no two decisions. Because once you end up in one place or the other, you don't cross. A great chasm has been fixed. There's no purgatory. You can't climb ladders from hell into heaven. There are just two places and no chance to change your mind. And the place is uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, <clears throat> place we go to after we die is uh, decided by God, not by your friends. Uh, we tend to think that if people say nice things about us at our funeral service, that somehow, well, that's persuasive and that we'll be okay at the end. Think of the funeral service for Lazarus. He knew no one. They wouldn't have let dogs into the funeral. It seems to be from the passage they're the only friends that he had. They wouldn't have been there. But the undertaker probably would have taken him, wouldn't have said anything, put him in the ground. Think about the rich man's funeral service. All his friends would be there. The place would be packed. They'd all be saying what a wonderful man he was, how high achieving he was in every way. And here's the thing. Days before the funeral took place, that man would have died and gone into the presence of God who decided where he would be. And while the friends are saying good things about him at the funeral, he himself is in great torment. And there is no other experience to describe it. He says, I'm in great anguish. While the funeral eulogies are all coming out. Friends, death is not the end. Let's talk about life. How to find life. Jesus speaks about uh, <clears throat> how the rich man uh, goes to hell and the poor man goes to heaven. And we want to ask, why is it that one went there and one went here? And we need to understand that Jesus is using uh, the language of uh, uh, Jews because he's speaking to Jews. And so when he talks about hell, he talks about Hades, the place of the dead. And when he talks about heaven, he talks about the place where uh, Lazarus is and uh, uh, where, where Abraham is. And uh, Abraham uh, stands for uh, the believer that God approves of and loves and therefore that's his home but uh, he's talking with special words to special people and what he's saying is it's a bit more subtle than simply saying that rich people go to hell and poor people go to heaven because God just uh, uh, reverses uh, the fortunes of life and so you have uh, 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 the, the, the people having uh, a different experience after they die. That can't be what he's saying. Because Abraham was himself a man who was very rich. And he is in heaven. 
And Jesus has no problem with money as long as it doesn't distract us from following him and it doesn't stop us being like him in our generosity. Nowhere does Jesus say that being poor makes us safe. Because frankly, otherwise, we'd all be safe, wouldn't we? The day we die, we're all pretty poor. Naked we came, naked we leave. And the minute we become poor, we sail off into glory. He's not saying that. What is it that makes a difference? That puts one person here and one person there. It's simply this. That uh, there are some who listen. Why do I say that? Because there are hints. There are hints in verse 20 where Lazarus is called Lazarus. We have his name. Don't have the name for the rich man? We do have the name for Lazarus. And what do we find? When you listen to Jesus in John chapter 10, in the next book, uh, you find that uh, he tells you, John chapter 10, verse 3, <coughs> page 896, <coughs> the sheep hear his, hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The sheep who hear his voice, he calls them by name. Second clue is Lazarus in verse 22. He has a name, but his name, his reputation in the Bible is the person who listened to God, believed what God said about his future, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Abraham is also the man who listened and trusted what God said about the future. And then what happens at the end in verse 29? <clears throat> when uh, the rich man uh, says, I want my brothers to know. He's told in verse 29, they need to hear. And uh, <clears throat> That's what uh, he's told in verse 29. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father, Abraham, if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, they won't be convinced. Uh, people say that they want uh, to uh, know God. If only they can see him. Let me tell you, if people really want to know God, they will love the good news the Bible brings. They don't want to know God. The greatest miracle in the world won't convince them, not even the resurrection. And if it took place in front of their eyes, they wouldn't be any better off. It's uh, just important to listen. Easter is a time of... Uh, 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 hens and uh, fluffy chicks and uh, eggs <clears throat> and you might just wonder why is it that some eggs have got a little chick in them and other eggs don't I could ask you a question to see if you've been listening to your science teacher when you were in school <laughs> but uh, let me tell you without uh, going into all the gory details what makes a difference is a rooster or a cockerel okay a cockerel will produce ultimately an egg with life in it and no cockerel, no life. 
And in a simple way, uh, there will be people sitting in church today next to each other, some with life and some without life. What's the difference? That is, the word has got into some and there is life. And the word has not got into some and there is no life. That's the difference. It's as we listen that uh, the life begins to take shape and form. So what can we learn from this as we finish? Well, <clears throat> maybe that you're someone who is not a Christian and in your heart of hearts you know there is no life inside you. And you might want to work out why is that. It may be that you've been listening to tadpoles and one-eyed people telling you there is nothing outside this life. And we need to come to this message on Easter Sunday and say there is only one authority who can tell anyone in the world about what happens after we die and we need to be warned by him. Now a lot of us don't like the idea of being warned that's what Lazarus wanted, uh, what the rich man wanted his brothers, go and warn them in verse 28 so they don't come to this place and we say we don't like warnings because warnings mean that we fear and fear is no reason to become a Christian and the answer is it's a very good reason to become a Christian because fear my friends is a gift that is given to us to help us to think clearly when we're in danger. Fear is a great gift and a great reason for us to take the warning seriously and uh, to not be the person like the egg without life, but to start listening to the warnings that life begins to form in us. If you've been to a church before, well, let me tell you that uh, it is interesting, isn't it, that, well, There'll be Easter celebrations every week, but it may be that uh, in the end the churches we've been to have really put their eggs into telling us about this life. So for example, the prosperity gospel is all there to help you to become like the rich man. And we'll tell you that's the key, except the rich man tells you that's not the key. But even if it's not prosperity gospel, there'll be many churches that tell us this life and how you live it, well, we need to give you advice on what happens in how to this, live this life well. And you see from this part of the Bible that uh, after Easter Sunday, every church that is an Easter church will put the spotlight on the future. Not on how life can be lived better here and now. It may be that you're a Lazarus and the best that could be said for you is that the, the dogs lick your sores. That's how bad it might be. But if there is this new life in front of you, then the church that teaches that will give you hope. Maybe there are things that we've learned, therefore, from other churches that we need to lose along the way to come into an Easter church that tells us this is where the spotlight has to be in every uh, uh, message that we bring to teach you ultimately how to live well now.
And if you're a real believer, well, think of Easter as the key to life. Love listening to what Jesus says about the future. You need to hear that message from him more than you need to hear anything else because the world is shouting in your ears all the time the tadpole message that this life is all there is. And as you listen to that message, it is wonderful to know that Jesus will begin to know you by name because you hear his voice talking to you about this subject. And as you hear his voice talking to you about this subject, we need ourselves as Easter people to go out into our estate. If we're real Christians, we'd want to do that. Because we want the brothers of the rich man who are still around today. The tadpoles, the one-eyed. To understand there is a place that Jesus tells us about that we should be warned and invited from the place of great grief to the place of great security. My friends, putting it simply, when we're talking to non-Christians, we need specially to link the Easter message with judgment. That's what the New Testament does. When Paul is speaking to some friends of his in a place called Athens, he tells them that uh, they are to listen because God has fixed a day when he will judge the world by a man he has appointed, and of this he's given proof, by raising him from the dead. That is the message that Paul gives to non-Christians he knows in Athens. The resurrection is proof of judgment. And we need to go out to our friends, to our family, as we listen <clears throat> to the Bible message ourselves and grow in our relationship with God as he knows us by name and draws us to understand him more. And at the same time, listening to the message of his future, we need to go out to the brothers of the rich man today and speak to them in their homes and bring them into the safety that their dead family would long, them to, long for them to have. I'm going to stop there. Let's pray that God will help us to really take that in. And in a moment of quiet, you talk to God about the take-home for you. And we'll have one minute where you can talk silently to God. I'll wind it up by praying. And then we'll have some questions. And then I'm going to have an interview as well. Let's pray first. A minute of quiet, you talk to God. When it's up, let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do want to thank you for the Lord Jesus explaining to us about what is ultimately the key that we need to have more than any other. And we thank you that uh, he teaches us because there are so many tadpoles and one-eyed uh, people in the world that are way out of their league when they talk about things on which there is only one authority. And we thank you for the Lord Jesus explaining to us more than anybody else about heaven, about hell, 
Thank you for his work in raising people out of the tomb. Thank you for his great work of coming out of the tomb himself. That we might uh, trust him and believe him. And we pray that uh, we might do that. We pray that where we have been uh, lacking confidence about the future, please would you help us to listen to what he says, to trust and to follow him. And we pray that you would help us, we pray, to be a church with an Easter message that always puts the spotlight on the future, that we may live wisely in the present. And give us, we pray, courage to take this message to uh, our friends who don't follow Jesus, that there might be a clarity about the two destinations as we ask people to turn from the place of eternal grief to the place of eternal security by listening to Jesus and by following him. Please give us this courage and bring many more into his kingdom. We pray this in his name and for his glory. Amen. Amen.